This is Porter Robinson, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is DJ and producer Porter Robinson. Porter has produced hits including Shelter and Ghost Voices that have been on the top of the electronic music charts. Over the years, he's amassed millions of followers and has played at some of the biggest music festivals including Coachella and Ultra Music Festival. More recently, he's released a new song called Everything Goes On for Riot Games' Global Star Guardian event. We talk about this partnership, his music career, and life obstacles during this episode. Porter, welcome to Five Questions. Hey, thanks so much for having me. How did you teach yourself music around 12 years old? So I got I got interested in music because of rhythm video games, actually, in particular. So there was a certain subset of video games that are about expressing rhythm. Well-known examples in the U.S. would be like Dance Dance Revolution, Rock Band, Guitar Hero. Those really spawned an interest for me with music. It's a question that my parents get all the time is they're like, you know, how did you stoke Porter's interest in music? And the answer that they always give is that we just let our kids be bored. And that was it. We never signed them up for a single piano lesson. The most important thing was just allowing them to be bored. And that's how we would sort of stumble on our own interests. So, And that's really interesting because my parents are the ones who got me to play piano, soccer, all the different sports, ice skating. After my recital for piano, I quit immediately after. So, but I I guess the way they viewed it is, oh, let's give him exposure to see what he does like and gravitate towards where yours was way more organic than that. It's such a conundrum. I think, you know, I'm about to turn 30. I'm I'm getting married probably at the top of next year. And I'm definitely thinking about like kids. I think as an adult, you end up with all these things that you wish you had done. Like now I really wish I had learned how to play the guitar. But the reality is that there's a, there's a million things in life that you could master and sort of trying to preempt your kids to gain that mastery when it might be mastered in a category they're totally uninterested in is is, uh, probably a better way to build resentment than love, you know? (laughs) So how have you blended electronic music with your love for emotional songwriting and Japanese culture? Japanese music is definitely a big influence for me. I I was looking at my Spotify the other day, and I think it's like 60% of my liked music are from Japanese artists. I've tried to pick that apart over the years. Like, why is this something that I keep coming back to? And I think in a lot of ways, it's a mix of nature and and nurture, where some of the first music I ever loved was music I heard in Dance Dance Revolution. So like, right as I was like turning 12, and my eyes were opening to music, and I was starting to experience some of those complex adolescent emotions, some of the Japanese music tropes were what was being pumped into my system. But I think another part of it is also just my nature and the things that I love because a lot of Japanese music has this tone of sounding really hopeful, but also sounding kind of sad. And the sadness has a twinge of hope to it. To me, there's this picture in the music that encompasses so much of life. A lot of those harmonies really speak to me. And it's just like when I sit down at a piano, it's just the shape my hands take. And in terms of how how I blend it, when you make music, your first five or six years, a lot of it is just sort of emulating your your heroes. I had this one musical hero, a guy named Rob Maeth. I thought like, you know, if I can just do the same thing as my hero, then I'll be officially good at music. And it wasn't like that at all. It was like the thing that made his music special was the fact that he had found his own identity and found his own signature and his own sound. And, and Well, it's also your bit. signature porter too. Like I just feel, especially with EDM, if you hear a song or a track, like sometimes you can guess who that artist is because they have a signature on top of that, mm-hmm. right? I feel like, you know, if it's a Lesso song or Getter or you, like I feel like people will could take a 
pretty good educated guess who the artist is. Now a word from our sponsor. Having trouble hiring, retaining, and developing your workforce? iSolved is here to help. iSolved People Cloud is a comprehensive human capital management solution that helps you employ, enable, and empower your workforce throughout the entire employment lifecycle. From attracting and recruiting, to onboarding and compliance, from payroll and benefits to time and labor management, and from talent management to predictive people analytics. Transform your employee experience for a better today and a better tomorrow with iSolved. For more information, go to iSolvedHCM.com. How have you dealt with your struggles of being your harshest critic and your brother's cancer? I don't know exactly how I've dealt with the really tough internal criticism and the sense of shame that I seem to feel other than by occasionally writing about it. It's not something that's left me, you know, I mean, it's pretty um, common. Like I, I had Zachary Levi and that's what he says too. He's his own harshest critic. There's been so much that's been said about, about that subject of perfectionism and shame and fear of shame. And it's an eternal battle for me. Ever since I was a kid, I like really struggled with criticism because sometimes somebody will say something and it's the exact worst thought you had about yourself. And it strikes such a nerve. When you're putting your art out there to hundreds of thousands of people, there's sort of like this shotgun blast of feelings that comes at you. Eventually, one of them is going to land on the thing that you were afraid of hearing. The ideal version of myself would just be happy to ruffle feathers and weather criticism. So something I work on, but it's not something I've mastered or even close. Yeah, and it's going to happen whether you like it or not. For real. And then, yeah, about my my younger brother's cancer. So a little bit of background to that is that I was I was on tour in 2016. I got a call from my parents that my younger brother had collapsed earlier in the day. And my younger brother's name is Mark. And he's like been my best friend my, my whole life. I got a call from my parents saying that they had found a, a mass in his stomach. You know, that was a really harrowing night. And I, I was just saying, God, should I still perform? Should I cancel the show? I remember crying on stage, being so worried. Mark is okay now. He's in, he's in remission. So after Mark got better, me and Mark and my family and his doctor, Dr. Kate Westmoreland, partnered together to create this thing that we're calling the Robinson Malawi Fund. It's a fund, my music festival every year, fans can contribute and uh, and I contribute. The first year of our festival, the first year of donations, we were able to pay for two full years of chemotherapy drugs and supplementary medications for every case of pediatric and adolescent Burkitt's lymphoma in Malawi that came to that hospital for, for two years. So it, it did a ton of good. I'm really happy that something beautiful and good came out of this horrible thing that my younger brother and our family went through. And I feel really grateful for the the unique insight that Mark's doctor must have had into this cancer because she had just come back from Malawi where she was always dealing with it. And the good we were able to, I think, pay forward to kids and adolescents who were dealing with that same cancer. It's beautiful. And it's so good that you've taken something that was so hard to get through and, and turn it into something positive for so many other people who are suffering. And so what has your experience working with Riot Games on their upcoming League of Legends Star Guardian in-game event series been like? And how has it pushed you forward as an artist? I know you said earlier on that video games really influenced you. So it's kind of cool that this all came back full circle. 
my fiance tried to get me to play for years. She's been into it for probably a decade now. And at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that really sucked was feeling so separated from all my friends. And so a bunch of my friend group played this game and I sort of got roped into it. They released this Netflix show last year called Arcane that I just thought was one of the best animated shows I've ever seen in my entire life. I went to the parent company, Riot, that released this animation in this game. I was like, hey, I would love to be involved in the second season of this show. And they're like, well, we have something that may be better, which is we're doing this anime themed short and skin line this year called Star Guardian. And uh, we would love for you to make the music for it. And I was kind of like, I'll try like here, give me a week and I'll see if I can come up with a with a little loop or something and see if you guys vibe with it. And I wrote the first loop that ended up becoming the song Everything Goes On. And it was like once I started that little idea, I was like, oh, damn, I have to finish this. Like, this is good. Well, it sounds yeah. like the, a perfect fit for you, too. Yeah, and, they, and like what I was saying. It's also quite challenging to be able to kind of sync everything up and create and elicit those emotions and feelings. And what's your best piece of career advice? One of the things that I feel like I learned in the last few years, I think it's so essential to create time for new input. I had like a two and a half year period where I was working on music every single day by force of will alone. And I made essentially nothing. My output just got worse and worse and worse. And it was like the worse my output got, the more scared I became. So the more I felt like I had to sit down in the studio and work every day, I was like, I must not be working hard enough. And here's the big problem with that. As an artist, it's not really about you. What I'm doing as an artist is I'm taking all these things that I love and resynthesizing them into something new. So the obvious problem that emerges when you're not giving yourself new input is that there's nothing to write love letters to. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Porter. To follow his journey, you can listen to his music and find him on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, where he shares his new music, travels, performances, and appearances. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash and please remember to rate and review the Five Questions podcast on iTunes.